0: I'm quite nervous. I'm I'm clutching my coffee.
1: I can tell your tactic already. Like
0: yeah, yeah. Delay and, delay and so, and uh, <laughs> ask you the questions. I'll put it back on you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop. And RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey Jordan, how are you?
0: Uh, I'm doing okay. I, I'm nervous. Uh, Overly excited. I, I'm I'm quite nervous. I'm I'm clutching my coffee, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm, I'm going to delay this as long as possible.
1: Do you mind putting a spotlight on yourself in your uh, in your room there?
0: A spotlight. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, there's actually you... a light. I can actually turn it on back here uh, <laughs> and and put it right on me <laughs> so uh, what are you
1: ne- most nervous for
0: I, I I don't like talking about myself i I really enjoy actually so I was nervous about asking questions because it was just me asking questions and, and if I asked stupid questions it was yeah. <laughs> just on me but I really don't like talking about myself either so uh, this okay. this I think we talked for a little bit under maybe like an hour and a half when we, did, yeah, yeah. when we did your interview. So if this might come in about 27 minutes. Um, I, I doubt that. <laughs> if you could only
1: see the list of questions that I prepared oh, no. for you. <laughs>
0: well, I couldn't. It was, but it was, if uh... you prefer
1: not to talk, is uh, Katie still up? Like, would she be willing to come on instead of you?
0: <laughs> uh, she would, and I. <laughs> if I dragged her over here, she probably wouldn't have a whole lot of nice things to say, so. Oh, I'm sure that uh, that's not that true. Could be, but... uh, that could be pretty entertaining, actually.
1: All right, man, we're going to dive into, uh, some personal stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, we'll, we'll dig into the wayathlon through the eyes of. Why don't you start telling me a little bit where you were born about where you were born?
0: Yeah. So I was born in, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, which is about as deep South as you can get, um, in in the united states uh i don't remember much about it because we only lived there for a couple of years um and uh moved to north carolina so that's that's really where i consider home north carolina for everybody who doesn't know the united states all that well is situated about midway up the the uh the eastern seaboard of the united states and uh where i grew up is actually right in the middle of the state and it's uh it's 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 pretty unique we have um we have beautiful coastline on one end and then we've got mountains on the other side, which are the the tallest mountains on, um, on the, uh, the, in the Appalachian mountains. So in the mountains oh. on the, the Atlantic coast of, uh, the United States. But, um, so, uh, yeah, so grew up there. Um, and, uh, I, I, I think you said a lot in your, um, uh, in, in your interview that, uh, you know you did pretty much a little bit of everything growing up and that's sort of mm-hmm. the way uh, the way we were um i grew up right next to this other family so uh craig if you're listening right now uh, <laughs> i appreciate you being one of our loyal listeners but um uh he was or is i guess just like six weeks younger than me so we were basically i mean we were brothers we were twins we did everything together from the cool. time that we were four um all the way through um and so we did we played basketball was was uh, our big sport but we played baseball we played, you know, a little bit of, uh, soccer, we, you know, through football. So we were, I mean, we were physically active doing, doing pretty much everything. Um, now, uh, being that this is a biathlon centric podcast, uh, people are going to ask, you know, did, did we do a whole lot of winter sports? And, and the truth is, uh, mm-hmm. not really. Um, we, uh, we had snow, you know, most, most winters, we had a couple of really big snowstorms and, and that shut down the place. I don't know if this might be hard for a lot of people to understand but where, where i grew up snow was not unusual so we would get a couple inches at a time but if you got more than like four or five inches like the place was shut down and and so there were a couple of winters where we would get you know a foot or two of snow at a time um and uh, we would be out of school for a week or two. Um, and it was, it was amazing cause we, in our neighborhood and there were these big Hills. So we would go sledding and, um, people would go, you know, there were, there were a handful of transplants in the area that would go cross country skiing. And so, so we were exposed to that, but I think it was in high school was the first time that, um, I ever actually did any skiing and it was all downhill and it was on, on basically ice. That's pretty <laughs> much what we had. Yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly, uh, you know, uh, downhill in the way that, that most people would think about it, but Anyway, um, my parents were both, uh, both teachers, um, uh, of a sort. So my, my mom was a middle school and high school teacher. My dad, um, was, uh, he, he's at Duke university. Um, I apologize. You can hear my dog in the background whining at me. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, so, uh, uh, he's, uh, uh, I guess he's a professor at this point, but he does mostly research. He does work with some of the undergrads, but he doesn't teach the classes. That's well, a long way of saying that, um, you know, growing up, you know, even though we played all the sports, uh, you know, they, they were always, uh, <laughs> they would have supported me no matter what, but it was always like, you know, your education first, right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. You have yeah, most siblings, so, right? Uh, one older sister, but oh, she's seven sister. years older. But she's, she's, she's old enough that my parents always said that they had two uh, two only children. And that's, and that's sort of the way it was because mm. – I, I had Craig, and so he and I spent all the time together and, and my sister being so much older that we, you know, we, we love each other and interacted a lot. And we're actually much closer now. Uh, right. You know, I think yeah. the older we get, the closer we get. Uh, but growing up, you know, well, we, were, we were... Well, the gaps got smaller, right, when you, exactly. you grow up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We, were, we were so far apart that, you know, we we didn't have that much in common. Although I will and say she, that... taught, sure. she taught me how to shoot a basketball, and I owe her that for the rest of my life, so...
1: <laughs> and is, is that the area where, where the rest of your family, uncles, aunts, et cetera, lives, or, or? No, we
0: were sort of on an island. Um, uh, my parents were, they, uh, so they grew up in Wisconsin, um, which is in the, the north central part of the of the, the country, near the Great Lakes, and um, they, uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, they left um, pretty much as soon as they could, um, and kind of moved around the country, and they're still in North Carolina now, so they've, they've stayed there, so. But I did, I did grow up going back to Wisconsin every, every winter, um, you know, around Christmas time, and, um, my uncles were, uh, really big into, uh, into wanting me to be, you know, into, into winter sports. Like my uncle, Jim, yeah. he would do this, uh, the, uh, Berkey, the cross country ski races. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he would be, um, you know, he, he traveled around and uh, all over the place doing those races, but, um, yeah. So, but I, it just wasn't, wasn't my cup of tea at that, at that age.
1: Right. Right. So, so if yeah. I would call your parents. And yeah. ask them to uh, briefly describe you during your childhood. Yeah. What do you think would stand out from their perspective?
0: Um, hmm. So it would. So if you ask my parents together, uh, they would probably comment on, and I can tell you this because this is what they always tell people is that I was, uh, and and I'm I'm not trying to toot my own horn. This is literally what they would say. They would say I was. I was very bright and intelligent and I was always, you know, showed signs of being very smart and, uh, I could do whatever I put my mind to. And I think, I think part of that is just parents being parents. Um, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> always being supportive. But if you, if you broke them up, if you asked them both individually, what they would say, I think my dad, uh, would comment on, um, that I was fairly serious and that, um, like I, I, not that i didn't have fun i mean i had a lot of fun but um i i sort of at a young age knew generally what i wanted to do like going into going into medicine and um and he would probably comment on on even from like um high school like sort of being very intent on and goal oriented and, and working toward those goals i think that mom on the other hand would would comment more she would say i was very optimistic um and and not like in a uh, oh, he was very optimistic. You know, uh, he said his sights too high kind of way, but just as like sort of always looking on the sunny side of things. Um, uh-huh. Hopefully i am still, hopefully I'm still like that. I, I catch myself <laughs> being a little more cynical as I get older and I really try not to. Um, she used to always say something to us and I, it's funny, this popped into my head cause I was just telling this to somebody else earlier today, but she used to always, whenever I was mad at my sister, especially she would say, uh, Always. I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically always assume that people are doing things for the right reasons or that they have, they mm-hmm. have, they're, they're trying their hardest, they're trying their best. Um, and, and she would say it to me because I would be upset with my sister giving me advice, uh, that I was not asked for. And, um, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, know I'm, I'm losing the, losing the, the thread here a little bit. No, <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What what would you say was the worst thing you have done while you were still living at your parents' mm-hmm. place? Worst thing that I've
0: done. Well, uh, yeah, all right. So total honesty, um, I uh, I wouldn't say I was arrested, but uh, the cops came <laughs> um, to the would house. The c- so. Say you
1: were arrested.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there was this thing. So I ran cross country and uh, track. Uh, when i was in high school and as a senior like all the seniors what we would do is that we would make a trail for everybody else to run for one of our preseason cross country practices and uh, we would make the trail we would buy like ignore, we'd basically like, buy out the the store for for flour and just use like f- flour to make a trail around around the city hmm. and um for me i was involved i was um uh my my part of the trail I was I was doing involved having to drive part of the way on the road and so I was driving my car down the road and um well my parents car actually that's part of the problem um and uh and uh, my friend John was uh leaning out the car and throwing uh flour on the road to make the trail and I I will be totally honest I probably was not the uh driving the most in the most safe way possible uh to put it mildly so uh anyway we got several calls and um uh you know, somehow they i guess somebody got our license plate and uh anyway they ended up tracking me down in my parents house and they came and uh were saying that I you know reckless driving and uh this was shortly after 911 dumping and, drugs oh, no actually it was worse so shortly after 911 and they their people were worried that we were throwing anthrax out the window um oh, my. so yeah so uh, yeah anyway so quiet little town, of course, who's gonna be running around throwing anthrax out the window. Uh <laughs> but uh anyway, so uh the police came and that was a really uncomfortable, uncomfortable evening. <laughs> um, Probably a good lesson, though. Great lesson. Yeah. Uh I was scared scared uh him you know to death and I I it became a very safe driver <laughs> for a while <laughs> after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a while. Um yeah, so that was bad. Um I, like i said i didn't i didn't i was pretty serious i didn't do a whole lot uh, of of crazy things um i don't think uh as a kid my parents might have a different answer um i'm sure actually i'm sure they would have a different answer uh but uh I'm yeah, sure your sister was, does too i'm sure my sister does as well oh i i actually i can tell you what she would say so i got i she went uh she left the country actually i forgot what she was doing but she left the country and she had some library books and she left them in the car and she said hey you know jordan can very reasonable request can you uh, you know after you drop me off at the airport can you go by the library and drop these off well on the way home i totally forgot and uh they stayed in the trunk of the car until uh, she came back which was like six weeks later and she had some massive overdue like (laughs) late fees and she was really pissed at me um i wonder why
1: yeah
0: yeah very fair um yeah, and that's—I don't know why that comes to mind. It's actually—it's really not that bad. But it's
1: just, no, no.
0: Uh, just if that silly. will
1: be the worst that she remembers. And yeah, think no, I am I'm
0: positive that she remembers worse than that. I'm. Absolutely <laughs> positive she remembers worse than that. I've—I've I've just blocked it out of my head.
1: Yeah, and what's your uh, so? If you think of your fondest memory from your childhood, childhood, is there anything that pops out right away? Uh, uh,
0: yeah, there are a lot actually. Um, So I talked about, I actually, I talked earlier about, uh, we would get these big snows and one year, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. So I was what, 13, 14 years old. We got, it was this mammoth snowfall. It was it like broke all sorts of state records. Um, and, uh, we had, it was a little bit over two feet of snow that fell in one night. And, um, so we were, our our neighborhood was in a really hilly area and and obviously there was no way anyone was anticipating this. I already mentioned that, Mm -hmm. that the town couldn't handle even, a moderate amount of snow so um like we were everybody we were stuck and um actually what i remember about it is uh, everybody like it, it turned out to like this big neighborhood party and like there was this one really big hill and it sort of became like that was like the sledding hill and everybody was out there during the day but at night like people would bring out tiki torches and sort of line the hill so you could go sledding at night and there'd be oh. a grill out there so like people would be grilling hot dogs or steaks or whatever and it was just it was like for, for a week straight, it was just like this big, huge neighborhood party. And it was just, I remember it was really sad. Like when the snow started to melt, like, cause it's (laughs) North Carolina, it's not going to stay forever. But when the snow started to melt and it started to sink in, oh, this isn't going to last, you know? Uh, and, but it made it also special, I'm assume. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that we had a couple of snowfalls like that, but for some reason that one just stands out, I think I was probably the right age just to like Mm, really enjoy it and, and, and love it and, and be able to appreciate it. So, um, yeah, that was, that was really special um i think that uh i I was also lucky to have craig around um all the time and uh Mm -hmm. like i said we did pretty much everything together so I, i wouldn't say there was one necessarily fondest memory but the the town i grew up in is chapel hill and that's where the university of north carolina is it's a big school for college basketball and um there were a number of times that, you know, we just got to watch. And our, our big rival is Duke. That's where my, my dad works. He's a Carolina fan that works there. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's worried, you know, he's, don't <laughs> worry, he's a Carolina fan. But, um, and uh, uh, it, this, it was every game was a big game. They play play two times a year. And um, so every game was a big game. And uh, you know, it, whenever. Carolina would win. There would be like a party on the main street through the town, like you know everyone, and and Mm -hmm. mostly it's the college students, but also like you know high school kids would come and 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 younger people too. So uh, I just I remember the first few times that we were able to go out there and celebrate with them, and we just felt like we were we were on top of the world, you know. Mm -hmm. We felt Mm -hmm. like um, you know, and obviously you know we we had no idea what we were doing. We were just like you know (laughs) sixteen year old guys like running around like idiots, but yeah, having a great time. And then in my senior year of of high school we won the national championship for basketball and as a cross-country team we ran across town because it they um they flew back in that afternoon and there was gonna be like this big celebration at the basketball stadium and so we uh, basically we're in an all-out sprint across town so our our high school is i don't know maybe like five or six miles away and uh we <laughs> we barely made it like we made it into the stadium just in time for for the whole celebration so then we actually had to have somebody come pick us up because there was no way we could run back across <laughs> town <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got back in so late and our coach was waiting for us and he was like, what on earth did you guys do? Um, and we had to come clean, but, uh, he, he honestly, he didn't, it was a big deal. He didn't really care. All that
1: much. Right, right. Wasn't Jordan from North Carolina, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. Uh, sure
0: was. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I could go on and on about Michael Jordan. That, that's actually, there's a book, uh, right across the room, uh, that, uh, one of my friends got me a couple of years ago for, for a birthday present. It's like a, it's like a book of pictures of Michael Jordan at all stages of his career. Um Anyway, so people just connect me with Michael Jordan because of the name, uh, Jordan. And,
1: but no picture uh, in that n- book of, of him with a 16 year old boy next to him?
0: Nope. No picture in that. Yeah, oh. no, 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 no. If I ever meet him, I think that would, uh, I, I think, uh, I, I think I'd have to end my, uh, my basketball, uh, you know, <laughs> fan career. That'd be it. it. It can never get better than this. And so I'll just, I'll call it a day.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, so when you went to high school, what was your favorite subject?
0: History, hands down. Um, I uh, I started so I fell in love with history when I was in middle school. Um, it's kind of embarrassing now because of the subject matter, but um, there's a book called Gods and Generals, and there was a movie that was made out of it. The movie's fine. Um, it's about you know 17 hours long. It's it's absurd, but um, mm-hmm. it's not. It's it's what three and a half or something like that. But it's it's longer than oh, it needs to too be. Too long. Yeah, yeah it, The the book is um, it's part of a three part series about the Civil War. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really good. I mean, it's technically historical fiction because it, um, you know, it, it makes up conversations that historical figures had, but it's really good. And the reason I say it's embarrassing is because, uh, a couple of the main characters are like Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson and, and people who are sort of abhorrent, but, um, I guess it's all the way back in, in what the right. late nineties, early two thousands, it was a different time. So, um, you know, it was, uh, a, you know, I just felt a little bit differently about it regardless. It got me interested in history and. Um, yeah, it was always my always my favorite. It also happened to be that the same year I read that book in middle school was the year I had um, uh, Mr. Raven as as our history teacher, and it was European history that year, and he just made everything really interesting. Uh, I always right. you know, just makes such a difference, it, right? Right? Yeah. When 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 it's it's less about learning like dates and memorizing events, and more about like learning stories. Like it just makes it a lot more a lot more fun. So yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. And it doesn't even have to mean did that you know one teacher is good and bad but you just need to find a teacher that that sort of clicks and speaks your language mm-hmm. right
0: absolutely yeah and um and, yeah so uh history was you know was my favorite in high school and it, i ended up being a history major in college too so okay. uh, you kind of kind of stuck with me all the way did you um, focus
1: on anything in, uh, in particular in uh, in college
0: yeah, so um, I was American history major, and we had to, for our, um, for our program, we had to do a, uh, a senior year, we had to do a, a seminar course, and we had it had to, you know, at the end of it, we had to write our big, you know, thesis paper in. Um, based on our, so our seminar course was, there were different subject matters, and so, uh, and so this ends up being like the thing that you focus on most, like the biggest uh, project that you have. And, Mine was uh, the history of the university. So I went to the University of North Carolina, and so it was the history of the university basically from founding to uh, present day. And the project that I ended up studying was um, the university um, right in the period directly after the Civil War. So uh when you know it was obviously it was a, a a revolutionary change north carolina was um a slave holding state and it was in the confederacy so it fought you know against the union uh during the during the civil war and immediately afterward a whole new uh there's a new governor a new a new uh legislature and a new uh, board that controlled the the university and so it went from being like a very classical education you know obviously white only um opened up to it became. Um, you know it was uh desegregated uh at least mm-hmm. for a time and uh, they, they completely changed the way that they taught so it was um instead of being like a classic education learning greek and um you know focusing on you know the the basically the history of of you know ancient greece and rome and uh calculus and whatnot it, it started being a more contemporary education which Believe it or not, it was pretty revolutionary um, because mm-hmm. in the in the state the the slaveholders had held all the power for so long, and they kind of liked the way things were. And and oh, and that was the other thing is that they started letting in just you know regular human beings, not just uh, you know right, not right. just the the slaveholding elite and their and their kids. So um, yeah, so it was it was really interesting. The the man, the the president of the university, I, his name was Solomon Poole and it was my part of my project was I wanted to get him. Remember, recognized somewhere on campus for being the the leader for um for for this this era of the uh, of the university. It, it didn't, you know, obviously nothing's happened. If you look it up, there's no Solomon Pool Memorial or anywhere on campus. So I, I didn't. I was not successful. Um, <laughs> yeah. If I had a if I had a you know a, a father that had millions of dollars to support it, I'm sure I could have been a little more successful. Right. But yeah, uh, yeah. You know, didn't happen. But. And then uh, – and, and it was really interesting because it only lasted for about 10 years. Um, and then um, the uh, Union soldiers left. Uh, the uh, the uh, The occupation, for lack of a better word, was over. And all the old people, they still had money and they came back into power and they put the university back the way it was. And it's just been a long fight to get it to where it is today.
1: Yeah, because you did mention a couple of things where I'm like – I'm not sure if – if things have really changed up much in certain yeah. areas. Yeah.
0: Yep. So yeah, so, but, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, you're not wrong. Um, it was, uh, it was this really, it was this like bright lights uh, of a moment uh, in time where they had this really egalitarian uh, idea and um, it didn't, didn't stick. Right. And, and it has never, never, I think at times there have been leaders who have tried to get back there, but um, I would say even right now, it's actually, it's, it's not, hasn't gotten close to, what uh solomon pool was trying to do
1: hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, i could neat, honestly though. we could spend the next hour and a half talking about just this uh i <laughs> obviously so spent a lot of we'll time do it later yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you don't have enough time to uh to fill up the pot. I,
0: I, I will say this before I, but I, this is actually it was one of the coolest experiences i ever had because i got to go into the uh uh the the historical library and i got to pull out like all the old letters and so it was neat to actually i mean this is just like a a nerd thing but i got to actually hold the letters that uh, that you know solomon pool was writing to the governor oh
1: yeah yeah um, and like is the cool.
0: board of trustees writing. so it's just kind yeah. of neat no, nobody really cares about this but me but
1: <laughs> hey and I did you because uh, you said at uh at middle school and high school you kind of knew already you wanted to get into medicine did you yeah. study like the history of medicine mm-hmm. at all or was that a not combination really you were, um you
0: no. Know? No. Yeah. uh, I wish that would have been, I think that would have been fascinating. And in fact, my dad or my, my grandmother actually got me a book about uh, like uh, just a history of medicine and some like old procedures that people used to do. And I I find that fascinating, but I never took a real course in it.
1: Okay. So then you started studying medicine at some point?
0: Yeah. So I, I always knew I wanted to go to med school. So this is just, uh, uh this is going to be more information that people really need to know about me, but it, I, I think it's important to know. Um, so I, uh, in, in college, I was convinced I was going to, you know, I was going to, I did my pre, my pre-med recs and, or, uh, and I did my history major and I was actually, I was with this girl and we ended up getting engaged and I was like, all right, this is what's going to happen is that we're going to get married. I'm going to get into med school and we're going to, you know, right off into the sunset and it's going to be a great life. And, um, second, second semester of my senior year of college, I suddenly was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And I, within a couple of uh, weeks, I, uh, I, um, found out I didn't get into med school. I called off the wedding and I <laughs> just totally changed what I was doing. <laughs> and, uh, sort of had like a, uh, we would call it like a come to Jesus moment. And, um, yeah, I, I, had a really good friend at the time and she kind of, uh, set me straight. And, and so after college, I, I had some time where I worked at a law firm and I, I worked at a medical clinic. Anyway, long story short, it took me a couple of years, but I got back to, got back to med school.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: It was important. Uh, honestly, I, yeah. that was the most important thing I ever did.
1: Yeah, yeah. They always say the harder decisions, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. And and do you were you still doing lots of sports and basketball and stuff in college as well? Or
0: was yeah, that, yeah. We uh, played break yeah. sports. Um. Yeah. We had a <laughs> my roommate at the time. He my all the way through. He was um on the track team, and so we had a a flag football team that was made up of myself and a a handful of track athletes so we had like i'm not slow but these guys made me look like i was (laughs) just slower than dirt right and so we had like by far the fastest flight football team now the problem was none of them could catch so uh you know you throw them throw the ball and and it was like it was like a cartoon so uh you know (laughs) we we would either be amazing or horrible and uh anyway so it was fun but
1: and so now you're a family doctor. Is that what what um, what stands out for
0: you to, as something that you really like about your job? Uh, I get to see everybody. So just today, for example, I saw uh, a two month old um, who was just there for just a regular well visit as a as a kid uh, as a as a baby. I saw um, a couple of I saw an eight year old and a ten year old that were there for. Um, uh, just their regular well visits i had a 15 year old that came in um this is, so I, I i family doctor and i do i do some sports med on the side um that's sort of a part of my job anyway he was there because of his sports med related things mm. um i had a whole bunch of just like your standard adult visits i had um a couple of guys in the afternoon um so i i i I guess I'll be as general as I can be. So I had a, a guy who's a he's a professional golfer this afternoon who um, is having some ankle trouble. Um, so that was interesting. Um, hmm. We actually ended up sending him off to a specialist in North Carolina, of all places. Um, and then I had a uh, a tennis player who's got it's um, uh, knee trouble. I mean, it's just tendonitis, okay. but just trying to figure out what's going on there, or what the I should say, not what's going on, but what the best way to manage the the pain in the schedule is gonna right, be. right. Um, and then I had everything up to, I had a couple of uh, uh, Medicare visits. So those are anybody over the age of you know 65. So I had some okay, some yeah. older patients too. That's what I like the best. And, and you get to talk to people of all walks of life and it's never boring. If I had to see, yeah, yeah. if I was a cardiologist, I would get so bored. Um, so I, I, you know, there's always something new walking in my door. Right.
1: Have you ever treated a biathlete? Mm, I have not, nope.
0: Not a lot of biathletes run around in Florida, unfortunately. Um, right. and that's the, the primary, uh, location that I've been for, uh, for my since graduating it has been in Florida, um, triathletes. Yes. Uh, they're the, um, United States, uh, there's a training center in Claremont, Florida, which is about 45 minutes away from where I am. And that's the primary training center for uh, U.S. triathlon. So, um, okay. I have seen a couple of the, the triathletes, um, uh, yeah, including some that you might have seen last summer, but, um. Yeah. I yeah, know athletes primarily here. I mean, it's mostly it's unless it's high school, it's primarily golf and tennis. Okay. Okay. Um, so you've,
1: you've, you know, moved around in, in the U S but, um, what other countries than USA have you visited?
0: Ooh. Um, when I was in college, I went to Germany, uh, for a while. Um, it was actually through a, uh, a group and we were, uh, they're, uh, doing some charity work for the Lutheran church. Uh, we were actually taking old churches that were sort of run down. So in particular in the area that Martin Luther had, uh, had, uh, worked in and preached in and, and sort of fixing them up or doing our best to, to, uh, make them just doing some work on them. I mean, they are right, right. hundreds of years old and they just need a lot of work. So that was kind of what right. we were there for. So I was there for, that's the country I've spent the most time in. Um, Otherwise, obviously Canada um, have, have traveled across, um, yeah, uh, Eastern Canada. I now haven't gone all the way to the coast, but- um, Which coast? It, uh, well, actually, either coast really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well,
1: they, they have the joke of Canada from coast to coast to coast because there's also the northern Oh, that's shores, right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, no, honestly, prim- primarily Ontario. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, France, uh, France, Denmark, uh, the Scandinavia. So Sweden, Norway. Um, didn't get to Finland. That was on our list. Didn't make it there. Been to uh, Italy, but spent most of our time in Sicily. So my my college roommate got married in Sicily. So we ended up spending cool. a bizarre amount of time there, um, which was which was pretty neat. Um, that's about it. I guess you'd say the Bahamas, but I i, I just made a bad. link
1: in my head between Sicily and you driving around throwing white powder out of the car. <laughs> but, no uh, comments. Yeah, yeah, let's not go there. Um, so where did you meet, meet your wife, Katie? Mm. And yep. what about you do you think convinced her most that you're the one for her?
0: Yeah. So the first question is easy. Um, We met in med school. Um, We were lab partners and this was, we started school, our first week was the third or fourth week of July and we were lab partners on a rotating basis. So you would be with a lab partner for Mm -hmm. what, four to six weeks, depending on what the lab was. And so she was my second lab partner and she will tell the story. So she went home after our very first, uh, our very first afternoon uh, working together and she told her roommate at the time, she said, I have a, I have a problem. the pro- The problem was is that she was dating somebody pretty seriously at the time, oh. and uh, and then she met me. So, uh, what was it? I, I have no idea what it was. I, I ask myself this all the time. I I consider <laughs> myself to be a nerd. Uh, I I don't know that I always come off really well talking to people. So, um, what it was about that very first meeting, I don't know. Um, I will say that I was pretty nervous when I was talking to her, and hmm. I didn't know how to start a conversation with her, which is a little strange, but um i remember i was just like grappling for something to say because i thought she was cute and i was single and i was like hey you know i don't i didn't i didn't know her at the time so i asked her who's your favorite president and she said um uh josiah bartlett who anybody who is listening who's watched the west wing is like the main character of a tv show called the west wing um and it's funny because that was a tv show i loved um and uh and so like we kind of hit it off talking about that and so for our first anniversary i got her a, a picture of (laughs) of Martin Sheen playing Josiah Bartlett, uh, signed by, uh, Martin Sheen. So yeah. And so it's actually, we have got this whole area. It's all pictures of our family and things. And then right in the middle, there's a picture of Martin (laughs) Sheen. And then everybody wonders like, what on earth? Like why (laughs) this picture of Martin Sheen? But you know, it's just sort of an inside, you know, that's, that's sort of like, that was the first thing that we really uh, started talking about, but why me? I have no idea.
1: Okay. Well, I, I guess they're going to have to ask her at some point.
0: I would say, yeah, you're gonna to have to ask her at some point. I uh, this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, and I'll actually, I'll be very curious. I'll, I'll I'll listen in when she when she answers.
1: No, 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 no. That stays <laughs> between her and me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last personal question: If costs and any other restrictions were no concern, what would be the car that you would like to have?
0: The car. Ah, oh, so or vehicle uh, vehicle. Oh no 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 no. Yeah. So uh good question. So uh it would be uh, uh the Aston Martin that, that James Bond drives. I love that car. Now on a now which oh, one though? Oh which one like I, the more
1: yeah. recent one or the, the really old one or mm,
0: no, the old one. Yeah, the the yeah. original. The original Aston Martin. And then including uh, on, all
1: the weaponry and
0: And definitely the ejector seat. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh and on a more on a more that is just like so preposterous. Um, yeah, no, I, so it, I, I actually, I don't know if we've ever actually talked about this, but I, I drive like the most basic, like imagine in your, in your mind, like a car with like four doors and four wheels and windows that go up and down and that's my car. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm quite happy driving it. Uh, it, when we make the move to Canada, it's not going to be able to come because it's not four wheel drive. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just gonna have to stay here, but it's, uh, anyway, that's, that's just, I, I, uh, I I fantasize about driving a really fancy car. It's just never going to happen because I can't justify spend, spending the money yeah, on it at all. Yeah, that's, uh,
1: yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna skip to um, a series of questions that you can only answer with yes or no. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to have the answer that pops into your head. Uh, okay. Right away. (laughs) You can't, you can't think about it. You're making me very nervous. Um, number one, biathlon is my
0: favorite thing to watch. I'm going to answer no, because you didn't say favorite sport to watch. Uh, my favorite thing to watch would be movies. Um, and i am not even going to narrow it down because i i wish i could i turn i wish that people could see this and i would turn around i have more dvds than i could watch in a lifetime i i craig's dad was a definite cinephile and um that rubbed off on me i think more than either of his kids um (laughs) to the point like like there's a i have like a favorite seat in the movie theater not we have we have a not even two-year-old so we've been to like one movie in the last three years or whatever. So I, I, you know, it's not like it's that often, but, um, no, I, so I, I have a, a running list on my phone and, um, I've got my personal list of movies I want to see and the list of movies that I want to see with Katie. So, um, yeah, I can't narrow it down, but I, there's nothing better to me than a, a good movie. Okay. Question two, by the way, you uh, asked for yes or no, yes or no answers. Uh, I, and uh, I just, gave uh, you, I just uh, thought I'd let you
1: go. Cause yeah. Uh, question two, I sometimes get so occupied with life posting during our, biathlon race that i lose track of the race itself. Yes. Three, Canada will perform better than the USA in the upcoming season. Definitely, yes. Florida should have a biathlon range <laughs> with a roller ski track.
0: Yes, yes. I. I I'll come back to this.
1: NHL teams playing in Florida and Arizona and those types of, uh, states is a really silly idea.
0: Extremely silly.
1: Okay. The then, I re- then I repeat the previous question. Florida should have a biathlon range with a roller <laughs> ski track. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Disney world is the happiest place on earth.
0: <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Okay.
1: All right, we're going to come back to some more. Okay, and you, and you'll have time to uh, to elaborate if you want to. Got it. Um, the biathlon section. Yeah. Let me just when Ben when Ben gets a little older, you just said mm-hmm. he's he's not even two yet. Um, but when he gets a bit older, what will you tell him about biathlon, and why should he watch it or do
0: it? uh I will I'm gonna be pretty open about letting him watch you know whatever sport he wants to watch because um, I think that's the way my dad was but if he asks questions about it I, or why I like it what I would say is um that I think it is uh, up one of the best tests of uh, athleticism um I shouldn't say athleticism it's, just, it's one of the greatest athletic tests because of the same, it's the same question that we come back to when we ask um, uh, people all the time in our interviews. It's like, what, you know, what else can you combine that's like biathlon, you know, where you've got this, this, you know, this big energy output that's exhausting and then you have to, you know, thread the needle, you know, on the, mm-hmm. on the, on the, the shooting range. I, those are just two things you don't see. Um, I mean, I, I love the tour de France, but that is, it's like you know, it's it's uh, endurance and it's it's just it's like just the the it's like just cross country skiing. You know, mm-hmm. there's just nothing else that that puts those two things together. I think people who can be successful at biathlon are are that they uh, are just very impressive to me. That's what draws mm-hmm. me to it.
1: I um I was actually thinking about that question that we always ask the other day and I've never mm-hmm. done it, so I don't know for sure. But I wonder if in a way pole vault is similar because you need mm-hmm. a lot of speed and yeah. strength mm-hmm. to you know to do what they do, but then yeah. you need the the perfectionist of yes. putting yeah. that stick in there. Sorry for using the wrong terms, but have you ever done pole vault?
0: No. I have not. Uh my I think I said my my roommate was a decathlete and pole vault is one of the things they do on decathlon. So I mm-hmm. got to see him do it. And I listened to him talk about it and the placement is incredibly crucial on where you, where you put the, the pole. Right. Um, yeah, like if you look, if you look at the, uh, you know, as they're, they're coming down the runway, there's like a little tiny hole that they have to stick the pole in. And right. if you miss it, if you're off by even like a, a half an inch or just a few centimeters like you your toast. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you're 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 not gonna. I mean, you're gonna just fly off the side, and you only get three chances, right? So, right. Um, you know, you, you, you need to get it in the right spot. That's a great answer,
1: and that's just the start of it, because then yeah, then man, you have all to, this you stuff. Have to. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, that it seems like again, I've never done it, but it seems like that takes a lot of strength and mm-hmm. flexibility yes. and stuff. But still, also very minute corrections to just you know make yes. it one inch yeah. over that bar.
0: To be anyway. very good at pole vault, it takes a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh. Um, do or did your parents watch biathlon when you were a kid?
0: Um, yes and no. They watched biathlon, but not intentionally watched biathlon. They watched the Olympics a lot, and that's that's mm-hmm. where I uh, was introduced to it. I I think that a lot of us share the same story of growing up. The you know, the Olympics were on for the entire you know two weeks, and that's. For us, the channel was NBC, and the TV didn't leave NBC, and I, that's still that's the rule in my house. The only reason you're allowed to change the channel during uh, during the Olympics is if you're going from NBC to USA, which is the other channel the, the Olympics are on. Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, um, anyway, that's how I saw it because it was it was just on. Now my dad watches it because I watch it, and and just I think just being a dad and want to connect with your kids, like he, right, he started right. to watch it, so he'll watch it if I if I tell him it's on, but you know they don't seek it out. But does he, like, also then enjoy it, or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He enjoys it. Yeah.
1: What uh, What Olympics do you? What's the first Olympics you clearly remember?
0: The uh, Lillehammer is the first one I clearly remember. Uh-huh. Um, was Was it Albertville was before it, or was Cal- Calgary was Calgary was eighty eight, right? Yeah, or 86,
1: 88. Because I know that around Lillehammer, they had this, they used to do it every four years and then they, yeah, they like swap it break. or something, right? Yeah.
0: Yep. So, uh, then Albert, uh, my first memories are from, I think it was Albertville it was in 92. And then I, I distinctly remember everything about, uh, Lillehammer. And that's okay. the first one. Yeah. Cool. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I have a feeling about your question here, but do you have an affinity to the military or is there a history of military in your family?
0: there is a history of military in my family. My grandfather was in world war II, and I don't think that's unique. I think a lot of us share that history. Um, just cause so, I mean, so many people were in 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 the mm-hmm. military for that generation. But um, so my, uh, his brother, so my grandfather's brother, I guess my great uncle was, uh, was he stayed in the air force after world war two. And um, so he was there in Vietnam and, and he was actually in, in military intelligence and, and, he basically was like, don't ever let, don't ever let Kirby, my, my father, join the military. Um, oh. And so then my dad was, was like marching in opposition to the Vietnam War. And so that's the house I grew up in was, uh, right. you know, so no, I, 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 I was not, and I had no interest in joining the military. I, I, I respect the military for what they do, but mm. it's just not, it's not for me.
1: And on a I, historical interest basis. Did you, uh, you talked about civil war, but.
0: Oh did- yeah, sure. So, uh, on a, on a historical level, I think that it's interesting because for, unfortunately for so much of the history of humanity, war was sort of the way we told history. Um, mm-hmm. so I think, I think it's interesting and I don't know, I can't speak for other countries, but I think in this, in, in the United States, we, we sort of romanticize war, um, or we romanticize our, our military heroes. So, um. Uh, it's just sort of what you grow up with. Um, so I, I can tell you all about the major, the major battles of the Revolutionary War of the the Civil War. And my dad and I are actually this is sort of a side project we have going on is, is we are uh, putting together a, a timeline of uh, the battles that or the air you know missions that my grandfather was a part of and uh, lining those up with letters that he wrote back to my grandmother. Um, and and so I'm learning a little bit more about about what happened there. I mean I know the the major. Like D-Day and and the the Battle of the Bulge in World War II, but I I, I wouldn't say mm. World War Two is my specialty.
1: And um, just out of curiosity, uh, knowing that your last name sounds very German, yes, was yeah. that something that that uh, do you know if that was sort of mm-hmm. conflicting in a way or?
0: Yeah, so my 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 great grandparents still spoke German until uh, really until the 1930s, and then with the rise of Hitler, they. Transitioned away from German and okay. and spoke only only English after that, um, but I don't think that my grandfather had any guilt about 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 fighting the war. I, World War II was just so much different, and and again, right. this is yeah, it was just a, it was just a very different battle. Um, mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I think that he was very comfortable with what they were fighting for. Um,
1: right. Yeah. No, I I I'm more thinking of you know. Even though you can f- be fully behind the war, what you're yeah. trying to achieve, mm-hmm. you could still feel like, well, there, there might be aunts and uncles,
0: yeah, living yeah. There, right? So, but, yeah, and that's that's it's hard, right? So, um, the we have the Holocaust Museum here in Washington D.C., and when you go there, the first thing you do when you walk in and, and you, you enter the, the first exhibit is so you are handed a passport and the passport as you go through tells you the story of a, a single person and their experiences with with the holocaust and when we went there as a family my mom the passport she got had our last name on it oh. um and so that was just kind of a, a weird moment and um this this particular person was ended up being a was a political prisoner who was who was killed late in the war um and uh it just made us think you know like these people were in all likelihood. I mean, at some point down the road, it's not, uh, you know, we're, we're probably related to us and you kind of wonder what their experiences were like. And, and I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I am sure that people of that generation of my, my grandparents and my great-grandparents, I'm sure they still knew of people that were in Germany, and I but I mm-hmm. don't know how connected they were and and, and if I could – it, would, it obviously would not be the first thing I would want to ask them about, but that would definitely be something that would be on my yeah, yeah. on my list of questions.
1: Well, I mean, you said a while back. I mean, that's the time where it took what six weeks to send yes. a letter to America, and then another yeah. six weeks to get it back, right? So. So, I mean, yeah, I
0: mean, they lost. They, they my, they, my, my grand, my great grandparents' generation. I mean, there were there were six siblings, and they sort of lost track of each other just here in, in the United States. So I can't imagine, you know, with mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to get get letters across the of the Atlantic.
1: Yeah.